0: me today is buddy andrew and it is football season andrew which means we need to preview our illinois fighting illini and of course our chicago bears we're going to do the chicago bears in a different episode but we're going to start with the illinois fighting illini on today first off andrew what do you got to drink in front of you today i have just got h2o over here old reliable gotta stay hydrated been outside you know gotta keep up with it what have you got good work man we gotta stay hydrated for this weekend a lot of football to catch up on i have uh arnold palmer half and half IST. t and it's the like the tall boy too i don't even know if i'll be able to finish this by the end of the episode we'll see uh let's get into it though illinois came off i would say a resurgent season or a resurgent uh I, just they, they. I think they're trying to peek out of the valley that they've been in for the past like ten or fifteen years. And it wasn't the most amazing season, but by Illinois standards, a lot of good things from last season. Number one defense in the country, um, the seven-one start. Um, and they ended up in the college football uh, rankings as high as sixteenth in the middle of the year, and a lot of draft picks at the end. Uh, in, at the end of the year in April. Um, what were your overall thoughts of last year, Andrew? You
1: know, overall, I mean, I was happy with it. Obviously, it was a better season than we've been having. You know, it was solid Chicago football, you know, great defense, good running. And that's about it. Uh, I thought they played to their strengths and, you know, they weren't a pass heavy offense. And in college football, especially that's that can kind of hurt you but they made do with what they had. And, you know, it was cool to see those three guys get drafted. So that was pretty exciting. I mean, that's especially over these past few seasons, it's been struggling for us, whether it was the draft, whether it was getting to a bowl game. And last season, we finally hit on both of those. So that part was exciting. But, I mean, it would have been nice had we gotten a few more wins, maybe that bowl game win. But, you know, still overall,
0: pretty happy with that season. Yeah, I I think I agree with wholeheartedly with you what you said. The first thing that popped in my mind when you said like that was good, like Chicago football, like strong defense, good running game. The first thing I thought it was like that was supposed to be Lovey Smith's entire tenure while he was here, and yet it was just the offense was actually decently competent a lot of times during his tenure, but the, the defense was just getting shredded week after week, and they relied on takeaways, and it just. It, just did not happen it did not work um and we've kind of talked about that tenure a little, many times over so there's now no reason to rehash it but it is crazy those draft picks andrew and what we can get talking about those specific players those draft picks were lovey smith players and it's crazy to think that you know a lot of these players who are in the nfl right now that lovey smith was just getting blown out week after week not that the Atlanta aren't losing anymore um uh, but like they're not really getting blown blown out anymore um and it's the same players for the most part it, it's crazy to see the transition and how a different coaching culture and development process can really um change a program yeah you have the right coaches for the players you have that are working
1: with them developing them scheming around them and you can make some good stuff happen i mean you saw based on the draft a lot of teams value some of these draft picks high you know number five overall that's impressive um that's obviously a really good player you have and the fact that with him paired with Sidney brown paired with the rest of that defense uh the fact that they were not that great under lovey smith is baffling to me but you know ryan walters came in did his thing as defensive coordinator that defense i think U of I was like plus 15 or something on turnovers last year. That's that was huge for us.
0: 24 interceptions on the year. 24, yeah. which was like I think it was like seven more than the closest team. It was absolutely insane. Um, and to kind of cap off last year, uh it, it was the I felt like the seven-one start was awesome. A lot of, you know, a couple of close wins against Iowa and Wisconsin and beat Minnesota. For those three teams for like the first time since like the eighties or what, I don't even know, definitely not this century, but it felt good to really just kind of, you know, get over those demons, you know, and, and, and really just kind of, okay, this is a different program under Brett uh, Belima. And um, it's, it's, it's nice to see just us to finally see us turning the corner. And I don't think it's a one-off either last year it didn't seem like we just kind of lucked our way into a lot of those wins in fact I feel like we in some ways we kind of lucked out of a few wins I I feel like even though we were eight and four in the regular season I feel like we were much much closer to ten wins than we were six wins throughout that year and I, I really feel like a couple plays go our way in the big Ten regular season we're in Indianapolis for the Big Ten championship playing Michigan again and a rematch
1: yeah I mean you look at the games that we, I mean, the big 10 games we had, Wisconsin wasn't close. We won that pretty easily. Iowa was close. Minnesota wasn't really that close. No. Nebraska wasn't close. Michigan State was, oh, well, you write that one off. Purdue, we could have beaten. That was a close one. Yeah. Michigan, we should have beaten. Yeah. Uh, that right there would put you at 10 wins, and that Michigan win would be a big win. Yeah. So they were right there. Um, You know, we'll talk about later how. We think they'll be this year, but last year that
0: that was a fun team to watch, and I think they easily could have had those ten wins that we discussed. Hundred percent, and I feel like Indiana, the the early loss, the beginning of the year, I don't think the team knew how good they were yet. But like you look at the stats, and it was a I think they lost by like two points or something. But you look at the stats, Illinois outgained them on offense by like three hundred yards. Um, it was just I think they had like eight more penalties in Indiana, and then also the refs turned over like two touchdowns and the Illini scored but somehow the refs turned it over and then also it was you know I think they just weren't ready yet for that stage but it kind of woke them up we're like okay we should have just pounded this team and we kind of did I mean the first highlight for Devin Witherspoon's highlight reel on the draft day was him absolutely decapitating that player on the first play of the Indiana game. That was an
1: electric play. I still remember that. Yeah. That and the play. very
0: next play, Cindy Brown uh, sacked the quarterback after that. Um, And it, it it should have set the tone and it kind of did. They just they just weren't ready for that. But so you're right. I mean, there was a lot of close losses. And I, I feel like they were last year was the year to kind of wake the team up saying, OK, Not only can we now compete with our Big Ten peers, but we actually have a chance to actually take care of business against the whole schedule.
1: Yeah, I agree completely. And one thing that I liked that they did last year is they knew what they had, especially on offense. They knew what they were working with. You have an elite run game and you have Tommy DeVito, who he They played him well. Mm -hmm. They weren't challenging him to go downfield. They weren't making him make these big plays. He was dumping off screen passes, the short game. Very efficient. Exactly. He was very efficient. And that paired with our run game and that good defense is what allowed us to get where we were. Um, You know, I think if you try to stretch his arm a little bit, you could have seen some of those games go differently. So I am happy that the coaching staff recognized that and said, we'll work with what we have. We'll play to our strengths. and." You know, props to Tommy DeVito for
0: taking that role and executing it pretty well. Yeah, he did awesome for his role. They just told, you know, he played exactly in the system like they wanted to. I think the, you know, they would have maybe tried to have a a few more explosive plays. They just didn't. I don't know if they had the personnel in the wide receiver room yet. Um, but, uh, and kind of running back room was kind of dinged up with Josh McCray out and then Reggie Love still not being fully there yet. And so it was pretty much just Chase Brown, Isaiah Williams, and then, you know, Kate and and Pat Bryant when he was healthy. But for the most part, there really wasn't too many opportunities to have too many explosive plays. They were just a good, um, dink and dime team, efficient team that just kept the ball close and. Um, you know, once he got to the red zone, a little tough for them to convert, but, um, overall, I think Barry Lunny, the offensive coordinator in his first year at the, on the, at the helm did a really good job. Um, and we'll use that to kind of turn the page to talk about this year's team. And we do bring a lot of players back on offense. Obviously Tommy DeVito is not coming back. Um, and you bring in Luke Altmaier from Old Miss, uh, the transfer quarterback, red redshirt sophomore, um, but you bring back Isaiah Williams. You bring back Pat Bryant, Casey Washington, your top three wide receivers, your top uh, tight end and tip Ryman. And then uh, like three of your offensive linemen and your swing guy, um, which were all big 10 guys. I mean, so you do bring a lot of pieces back on offense
1: yeah, you do. I mean, you mentioned that key lost Chase Brown out, but you still have Reggie Love. You still have uh, Isaiah McRae. So you have, sorry, Josh McRae. Josh McRae, yeah. uh, So you have a good run game still. I don't know if I'm sold on our receiving core, to be honest. It's the same one as last year, but they didn't really impress me last year. Isaiah Williams can be explosive, but, you know, he, I think he's still – got a little bit to prove Casey Washington's been okay yeah Uh, you know we'll see how that receiving court does I think to me that's going to be a big question mark is can the receiving court if they can make plays I mean it's college football you see sometimes guys streaking down the field wide open yeah can these guys make those plays to give your quarterback you know the confidence to rip that ball to you we'll see what they can do Uh, you know to me that's going to be the big question mark but that O-line, I think, you know, you bring back a few of those starters. You have a couple guys that are being developed. So I'm not too worried about that O-line. But, you know, run game, obviously solid. And then, you know, quarterback receiving core, to me, that's going to be a connection we're going to have to see.
0: Yeah, I I would like to see, yeah, it's going to, another year in the system, you'd like to see those freshmen in redshirt shirt. Redshirt freshman wide receivers take that second step in development because, like you said, Isaiah Williams, awesome. I mean, all Big Ten caliber wide receiver, but he's in the slot. I mean, he's not going to make the huge explosive plays downfield. That's when you really needed Pat Bryant to kind of take this junior big step forward as that outside wide receiver. And Casey Washington, he's not known for that. He's more just the chain mover where, you know, it's third and seven and you need him to do a, you know, do a curl. Um, right at the chain and the chains to get that first down, um, and and Tommy DeVille is really good at getting him the ball last year in those situations. The tight ends room after Luke Ford and Marquise gone, and it's just Tip Ryman. I don't. It's just young guys behind him, so that we would really need a, a, people to step up there. And um, offensive line, it, it's crazy to say that I'm really not that worried. And it was like Lovey Smith's tenure. I also really wasn't too worried. The more th- most I was probably most worried about the depth in the Lovey Smith tenure, but now it's like this probably even a little bit better caliber of talent on the line. But then also like, you kind of see the depth on the offensive line too, where it's like if there was an injury in one of the starters, you'd be, that sucks, but like, it's not the end of the world. Like there's a guy that can fill in adequately for a few weeks if need be. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing too is overall, I think the depth is getting better on, on, on this team, especially the offense as a whole.
1: Yeah, I would agree. You know, you have that depth, especially at O-line. One guy that I'm kind of excited to see is Olin Krutz's son. Yeah. You know, Josh Krutz. He won the center job this offseason. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. I mean, Olin was fun to watch. Not only was he a good center, but he was one of those guys that you knew was always going to fight for your quarterback. You know, if the quarterback got knocked down, he was going to be in that guy's face. He was sticking up for your quarterback. I expect we'll see something similar from his son. So that should be fun to watch.
0: Yeah, I can't wait. That that's such a cool storyline. And uh the fact that also his brother is on the defense. Um, I think he'll be more of in a special teams role. Um, and maybe like a backup, you know, middle, Mike linebacker role. But um really, I mean, I, I really like uh that storyline there. And we'll use that to kind of switch over to the defense here and and talk about uh these role players and starters. Uh I I The biggest question to me, Andrew, on defense is the secondary, because on the defensive line, you return back Big Ten player, All-American Johnny Newton, Keith Randolph, All-Big Ten player, Gabe Yakis, uh, freshman All-American, Seth Coleman, who has been in the system a long time. And then, like, the depth behind them, at least on the outside linebacker, is really deep. I think maybe, you know – nose tackle and like defensive tackle wise depth is my only question but like that front five and then if you include Tariq Barnes who's been a veteran since 2020 now 2019 and then also the Kenna Kenna Odoluga who is in a lot of dime packages last year I mean I don't know if I would trade the front seven or at least front five with anybody else in the conference let alone country
1: no that I mean that was a big strength we had last year too and that worked well with the secondary. If your defensive line gets pressure, your secondary is going to make those interceptions because yeah. that quarterback is going to be rattled, throwing the ball early. So I think those worked really well together. You brought back most of that defensive line, and it was really solid last year. So I'm fairly confident in that. You know, Obviously, if there's injuries and we have to go into those depth pieces, a lot of question marks there. But as far as the starters on that defensive line, front seven, I think you're looking pretty solid. Again, Question marks are gonna mean the secondary. You lost oh. your number one corner, your number one safety. Um, actually two safeties, right? Two safeties and then
0: so, nickel.
1: Yeah, you're you're hurting on that secondary as far as guys who lost last year. We'll see if the guys taking their places can, you know, fill in there, see how well they'll do. But man, losing Witherspoon, losing Sidney Brown, like Juan so, Martin. Yeah, Quan Martin. Some of those guys were electric, and it's fun watching those guys playing uh, the preseason, and you know, seeing some of the stories in training camp. It's like, hey, these guys are doing great, but you know, are there their replacements? How are they going to do? That's going to be a big question,
0: right? I I hope because even though it wasn't his natural position, uh, Brett Bielema dude, having such good development with the defensive backs. Like, think of his first year, Kirby Joseph back and forth throughout his entire tenure with Lovey Smith, wide receiver, cornerback, um, safety. And then like four games into like his last of last years, he gets switched to that free safety roaming position. Boom, all big, all big 10 player, third, uh, third round draft pick. Kendall Smith, same thing. He was like Lovey Smith's like first recruit that he recruited and that committed to him. And it was, you know, Back and forth between wide receiver, um, you know cornerback, and 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 then finally landed that free safety for his last of last years, and then boom! Now he has all Big Ten season caliber season, and he's on an NFL roster right now. Um, and then you know Quan Martin finally came into his role, second round draft pick, Cindy Brown, strong safety, third round draft pick, obviously Devin Witherspoon, you know number five pick in the draft. Um, I I I just hope in those guys like Sydney Brown like those guys weren't world beaters with Lovey Smith like those guys were all on the roster with Lovey Smith and you didn't even see really glimpses of that with uh, under his tenure and I know they were like younger you know they were but they were still like sophomores and juniors at that time because of the COVID year and redshirt years they were able to play with Brett Bielema but like I, it, it really goes to show the development that was there or wasn't there with Lovey Luff, Smith, and then has been there under Brad and that's kind of what I'm hoping he can bring out in these newer players.
1: Yeah, and one of the nice things is even though you lose Ryan Walters, your new defensive coordinator, I believe, was a secondary coach. He was. So, he was. Yeah. The yeah. He was the cornerback coach. Exactly. So he's probably the guy that's been developing some of these players, working really closely with them, has those relationships. So you hope that now you know he's obviously in a bigger role now, so he won't work directly with them, but he can help mentor his replacement, get these guys up and running. So, you know, hopefully we'll have some more developments in that corner and safety position. But I mean, as you mentioned, like we've been producing some really solid safeties and some pretty solid cornerbacks as well. And they're playing in the NFL. You know, it's fun to watch them play. We're big bears fans. We watch a lot of NFL games and you see these guys, you see Kirby, Joseph, picking off Aaron Rodgers, you know, you see uh, all these guys making plays and it's, it's just laying wood down in Las Vegas. I mean, it's just awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that defensive coordinator is also going to be a question mark. I don't think we hit on that much, but you lose Ryan Walters who went to Purdue to be their head coach. So that's going to be a big void. I mean, you saw what he did the last two years. The defense went up, Yep. They were really solid. And then they took that next step even and were like elite. And you lose him now. So I think that's gonna be tough. But if they can keep developing that secondary, I think they have the other pieces in place. So it can still be a really good defense this year.
0: Yeah, great point. Aaron Henry, the new defensive coordinator. He it was, what's great too is that he has been with since day one, since this new regime. He was the cornerback's coach, and you know, he's been in the the system. Um, and you know, it was partly his system. And then I get, you know, he's been calling plays a little bit last year, but then he, he, he did, uh, he was the coordinator for the bowl game. So we kind of got a good glimpse of what he could do. And then because of the, um, opt-outs and injuries later in the year, we did see some of these younger guys and in short stints throughout the back half of the season. I think some of that, you know, it was missed on defense, but they still had the number one defense, even with those guys playing. And especially in the, the bowl game, I mean that defense, especially with pretty much all backups, really kept a high flying Mississippi State Mike. I know Mike Leach wasn't there, but it's his offense. Um, and they really kept them in check for the most part. And and really again, is the off detriment of the offense, couldn't really get anything together. But that defense really stepped up despite a lot of in the secondary being pretty much what we're seeing on, on Saturday. So I think, you know, I, I don't sus- I don't expect a number one defense again in the country, but I don't think it's unreasonable to expect a top 35 to 30 defense with this team, especially with the front seven you have coming back.
1: Yeah. And I mean, those guys, they have chemistry with each other because they've been playing with each other. So you have that to build on, you know, as you said, I still expect a good defense this year. I don't think they'll rest big time, but I don't, you know, you lose that big talent i don't think you're going to stay a number one defense you know as you said top 30 i think is very reasonable and i think you can hang on to that and then you lean a little bit on your offense this year and see if they can pick you up if they can score some extra points and
0: you know carry this team a little bit more than they have been in the past yeah yeah barry lunny second year offensive coordinator i think you know i i expect a, a, a step forward considering the personnel that he brings back and the, you know, the recruits that they've brought in on offense um, some really good recruiting done on the offensive side of the ball. And then defense, like you say. I think if anything we've learned um, between the past two 10 coaching 10 years is that development is a huge or development and schematic is a huge part of it. And um, despite, even if you don't have the experience, I think putting your players in the best position to succeed um, is so so important and I I really trust the coaching staff to do that over the course of an entire season um one thing I do want to harp on a little bit Andrew is the special teams before we kind of do a little bit of a schedule breakdown um one thing we never had to worry about during the Lovey Smith tenure was special teams and uh last year special teams was a problem uh it was just you saw you saw Blake Hayes, he's finally, he finally left. He's no longer with the team. He's in the, he's in the pros now, I think in the Canadian football league. And then um, kicker, you know, Chase McLaughlin's gone. You had, uh oh gosh, who's, I forgot who, who uh, made the kick against Wisconsin in 2019, the the Irish guy. Um, uh, But he is gone now. Did um, the, the kicker and it was, You saw muffed punts by Hugh Robertson last year that honestly cost you multiple big 10 games. I know like the offense or defense could perform better in multiple spots, but when you have multiple punts that go six yards and then one into the back of a player and you're setting up your defense for six uh, for failure. And then Isaiah Williams on the punt returner just muffed two punts in the Iowa game almost cost you and gave the Iowa the ball in the red zone twice, not even the red zone inside the, the 10 yard line twice. That's amazing that we won that game because we should not have won that game. What do you, do you What are your what's your concern level F this year? Um, pretty much going in with the same specialists.
1: Yeah, I mean, as you said last year, they struggled. And I'd, I'd like to be optimistic and say, you know, they've had time and they've been working with the coaches and stuff. But until they prove otherwise, it's still a concern there. I mean, you don't typically think of specialists as the highlight of your team, what makes or breaks your team, but they really can. I mean, a muffed punt, you know, that can cost you quite a bit, you know, a missed field goal can cost you, uh, you know, a blocked field goal, like those things can really add up. And if they come in key moments, you know, you're say, for example, you're driving the ball down fourth quarter end of the game maybe you have to go for a touchdown instead of setting up for that field goal because you don't trust your kicker. So it can really affect the game plan. And it's not reassuring uh, based on how they performed last season. So there's some concern there, uh, but I think you at least know what you're working with going into the season. So you can make those decisions of, you know, we're not going to punt here. We're not going to go for field goal here. We're going to go for it or, you know, um, plan around that. So there's some concern there, but I think they can also game plan around on some of that.
0: I hope so. Cause it, it's, it's, you're really not on the field that much for special teams, but man, it's such a big part. And then if, if it goes wrong, it, it it can, it can affect the entire game. Really. If so many momentum swings happen with special teams and it, it, we just really got to make sure that, um, it, um, coaching staff really has to make sure that every single, know, aspect of special teams that they can talk about with their players is talked about because it's just so important even though it's just not the most popular thing all right let's break down the schedule andrew we do not yeah i I would say the best way to describe this schedule is that they can win every single game on this schedule but i feel like they could also lose just about every single game on this schedule maybe outside of maybe fau in, in northwestern um, but really it, this, I feel like it's a range between a, a season of five and seven and like 10 and two. Um, what are your thoughts looking at this schedule overall before we go down game by game?
1: Yeah, there's a really tough stretch in the middle, I think of the schedule and, you know, first game is Toledo. I think that's a win. Um, I don't know how you feel about that game, but to me,
0: that's kind yeah. of just, yeah. <laughs> Really, based based off our track record scheduling, um, like like teams that we should be, You know, USF has some of the best ten, you know years that they ever had, and we play them back and lose back to back years, and not only lose them, but just get pummeled. Um, and then Western Michigan, when we were there, they go undefeated regular season, um, lose them, and we schedule against them, Louisiana Tech, um. And then now Kansas is actually good for once, and they're on our schedule. And Toledo this year, they're the MAC champs, and they bring back pretty much 80% on offense and defense of their starting players from last year. Now, I know we bring back a lot of starters too, but it's just like, my goodness, why can't we ever just, like, schedule a cupcake? Because these schedules are made, like, seven or eight years in advance. I just don't understand. Yeah, it's
1: we sometimes struggle in those games, but, man, if you lose that first game, that's tough. Yeah, especially at home. Yeah, that, that would be a tough one. But the first two games don't make me super worried. Then they host Penn State. To me, I mean, we've had good
0: luck with Penn State in the past, but... I, I would yeah, I going. would put Penn State and at Iowa probably as your 10% probably not going to win games. Or like 10% like chance of winning, and you're not going to probably win games.
1: Yeah, here's one I'm going to throw out that I don't think we're going to win. And I'm curious to hear your reaction on is... The game at Purdue. Oh, I feel like we always struggle against Purdue when we shouldn't. Yeah, I would consider Purdue to be the better team skill wise, but for some reason we just cannot find ways to beat Purdue.
0: I yes, I I completely agree with you. Where it was like they're pretty much equally equal in talent to us and just it just seems like year after year they just have our number it's kind of like with like nebraska probably feels about us sometimes it's like man we should be we have so much better skill players why are we losing them um interesting because ryan walters is there now i mean he's the head coach there and he knows pretty much everything he built our defense pretty much um so yeah that'll be interesting i yeah i would circle that as kind of like a, a trap game um, I would also I, – I think, though, I, I would also expect every single person on the Illinois, like, roster to kind of be circling that game and just wanting to, like, kind of not take it to their former defensive point, But just, like, you know, they're going to get up for that game. My scariest game outside of the Penn State and Iowa game, because, I mean, I'm not really thinking too much about – I'm not putting too much stock in that game, was the game at Maryland. Um, It just – I feel like Maryland is just kind of buried in the east. You don't really think about them because you have Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State there. Um, but they're a pretty like sneaky good team. They have a lot of really good skill players. Um, maybe not so so good in the trenches as like a Big Ten West team would be, but um on the road, um it just it just kind of screams. Just like a sleep, I bet especially if it's at like a eleven a.m. or ten a.m. game or something, it just screams like just a upset to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're good at those games. <laughs> we're we're good at uh not managing those games mm-hmm. and losing them. So, you know, I wouldn't be shocked. I think we've struggled with Maryland a bit in the past. So. You know, th- there's a lot of these games that I'm not super confident about. You know, it's very possible that we drop a lot of these games, especially in that big stretch of Big Ten games. You know, you end with Northwestern. I think that's kind of a gimme, but Iowa's going to be super tough. Indiana, we just struggle against. I mean, you saw last season, like, there's no reason. I think through.
0: as a revenge game, I think we're going to blow them out. The teams I think we're going to blow are that it's going to be not close. FAU... Indiana and Northwestern, um, I don't think those games will be close. Just because, North. I mean, Northwestern, they, they have the whole hazing scandal and everything going on and, um, you know, fired their coach. And they were going to be bad either way um, with who they were bringing back. Um, I, for me, I have the least fear. What do you think about Wisconsin? Because, yeah, the talent and stuff, and they did bring over Luke Fickle from Cincinnati – that's just a lot of turnover with scheme wise when you go from a run dominant team to a pass happy offense like that. We just, especially when Wisconsin has been that for the past like thirty years. What what is your outlook this year? Maybe in the long term they're a little bit better off. What, what's your out turn out, outlook for the Wisconsin team this year and our matchup with them?
1: Yeah, that's a game that I'm just not sure about right now. It's like Wisconsin could be. Deep, like secretly good, they could be sneaky good, or they could just be, you know, trying to figure things out with yeah. new coaching staff and everything. That's when I'm torn on. I think it's a close game that Illinois loses, to be honest, but we'll see how Wisconsin does this year. There's there's a lot of questions to be had there, and it's tough to predict that, but I think Illinois is going to lose that one in a close game.
0: Yeah. Um. All right. I think let's kind of run down the the schedule here. Toledo, gut prediction, win or loss? I'm going to say win. I'm going to say win, too. I'm a little scared, but win. All right, <laughs> at Kansas, kind of literally a, a repeat of last year's matchup against Indiana being the second game of the year, Friday night game, and it's a night game uh, in, like, the opposing team stadium. Um, what's your gut prediction for that one? I'm gonna say the guys are still fired up
1: and they're gonna go in there and get a win. I'm gonna say a loss. Um, okay. Yeah, starting off right. one
0: and one in your eyes. Uh yeah, I know. Yeah. So, um, what do you think about Penn State? It's gonna be a loss, I think. Yeah, I'm gonna predict a loss, and I'm going to, I'm going to that game and taking my sister to it. Um, so I'm looking uh, big noon kickoff. Is there? You don't. You never know what'll happen. All right, FAU. I have that as a win. I have that as a win too. All right, so I got two and two you got three and one what about illinois purdue i have that as a loss i have that as a win and a yeah, you think ball. they're gonna I finally think, find I think a win. They win big actually um so all right so you got three and two i got three and two also so we're back even there what about different game
1: but same record
0: yeah what about nebraska at home i think that's a win i think that's a win as well so we're at four and two hypothetically illinois at maryland I'm going to go out here and say win. It's a tough one, but I think I'm going to say loss. So, all right. So we got uh, five and two, four and three. Um, All right. Il- Wisconsin and Illinois. I think Illinois loses that. I think we win. All right. So we're back. At, uh, all right. Back at five and three. All right. What about Minnesota? It's a tough one. I think we'll win that. I think so too. Brett Bielema has never lost against them, just between Illinois and Wisconsin. All right, so we're at six and three heading to the last three games. Indiana at
1: home—that's a tough one. I gotta say, I think it's gonna be a
0: close loss. All right, I'm gonna go win. What about Iowa? Loss. Yeah, I would put a loss. Um, Northwestern win. Yeah, same. So we're kind of sitting. We're pretty much sitting game. I we went picking opposite of a few games we're pretty much uh got the same record and I, I feel like we're definitely i feel like this is a bull team that's really all we need right all you need is a six right all we need is a six i i kind of want the seven and five just in case you lose the bull game and no matter what you'll have the winning season um just a little bit of buffer you know what i mean uh yeah. six and seven looks gross i agree <laughs> All right, Andrew, thanks for joining. It was fun as always. Everyone stay tuned for our uh, Chicago Bears preview next week and we'll drop that next week. We appreciate you all listening. We'll talk to you all soon.